0: Ach, who? Who is this Lady Layla of Kofor then? And why was she known as the Silver Princess? Ah, both excellent questions. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Master Tapkeeper, before you answer these questions, it is worth me saying that uh, I too have a little knowledge about this individual. Oh, really? What, what do you know, Heinrich? Oh, yeah. Now, uh, I think perhaps it is best that you go first, Master Townkeeper, for what I know is of a more uh, contemporary and uh, undead nature. Some uh, tidbits related to me by my friend Wendel from stories he had heard whilst a uh, thrall to the necromancer Valdotain. <coughs> a curse be upon his name. As that said, I am uh, ignorant of her past. Ah, I see. Well, in that case, although I am eager to hear what you know, I might ask that you save your titbits until after we have discussed the rape of Kofa by the Crusaders. It will be more appropriate then, methinks. Oh, yeah, I see. Well, I bow to your greater understanding of events. Let us do it that way, then. Now, you said that uh, though I am uh, most curious to hear more of her Ah, well, in that case then, I will tell you what I have uncovered And I also think it's probably appropriate to recite the Arabian poem The Princess and the Sorcerer Ach, well, I do love me a bit of verse, but uh, what's that about then? Hopefully not some uh, eulogy to your princess here. Ah, well, there is a bit of praise-giving going on, but it more relates to her meeting with Jafar and the repercussions of that. It was uh, written whilst her star was rising, but as long as you bear that context in mind, it is still quite informative. However, I am getting ahead of myself. First, let us begin with a bit of background on the princess and how she came to become aligned with the black-hearted Jafar. To begin with, know this. She was in exile and living in the city of Lashik, as one of the more notable and infamous nobles therein. Upon Jafar's de facto taking of Lashik, she quickly became a supporter of the sorcerer. The truth of the matter, though, was that this sort of sweeping regime change offered her the opportunity to achieve her most heartfelt desire, by which I mean... Jafar was a means to an end, rather than her being an ardent and loyal follower. But uh, both of them knew what they were getting themselves into, and both were cold and calculating enough to see the advantages that their mutual support would bring. Ugh, very enigmatic there. But uh, to what end did she and he conspire then? Yeah, yeah, what was in it for her? All right, all right. Patience is a virtue, don't you know? Well, she wished to end her exile and return to Kofa, the city of her birth. But not as a nobody, nor even as a mere noble once more. No, she craved rulership in order to enact revenge upon her old rivals and detractors and fulfil the destiny of her ancient bloodline. For she claimed to be a descendant of the ancient golden king of Kofa. och seems like every manjack of them Kofa types want to claim ownership of that there fella. But, uh, that said, was she? Who knows? The power-hungry will believe in and say anything to justify their need to dominate others and to try and fill the gaping abyss of inadequacy that gnaws at their own hearts. So maybe she was maybe she wasn't it matters not it is enough to say that she thought she was and this was reason enough to justify whatever she had to do to get power anyway before her exile she had grown up in kofa the only surviving daughter of the wealthy noble the silver emir a lifelong rival of the sitting sultan of the city And a man who sat at the top of a pyramid of spice. The overlord of the most powerful commercial empire in the city. As a child, Layla had suffered multiple seizures due to something called falling sickness in the older manuscripts. They had a uh, strange treatment for it though. They would rub the blood of a healthy person onto her lips until the seizure stopped I mention this, for by this, it is rumoured that she developed a taste for blood. Oh, yeah! my goodness, that ties in exactly viz- Save it, Heinrich, not yet, not yet. Well, she grew up into quite the beauty. An elegant figure with flawless skin, as white as milk, and long flowing silver hair like a father from where she earned her moniker, the Silver Princess. Oh, that and her habit of wearing a silver mask whenever she stepped outside to keep the sun off her and preserve her fair beauty. Her seizures, too, mysteriously stopped, and, as the heiress to the richest legacy in the city, she had it all. But all was not as it seemed. Not long after she reached adulthood, her father passed away. It is said he died of suffocation from laughing too much at an obscene joke during a banquet. Not a bad end, though, if I say so myself. Anyway, after the death of her father, rumours began to spread around the court of the Sultan. Rumours accusing her of torturing and killing dozens of girls in order to bathe in their blood and keep the falling sickness from once more taking her. Oh, how, how 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 horrendous. Indeed, but don't let the sensationalist nature of these stories take you in. I honestly do not know if they are true or not, for also know this. With the death of her father, she had now become one of the most powerful and, equally as important, influential people in all of Kofa, and a new and vital threat to the political interests of her father's entrenched rivals. Many felt threatened by the ascension of such a young and attractive upstart, and it may well be true that the accusations were simply a spectacle to destroy her influence in the city. Ach, to be true, as a local nayser The uh, Flagello dei Principi once said, Anyone who permits their honour and good reputation to be taken permits their life to be taken. Ah, old Pietro, yes, a fine wordsmith. And as you brought him up, neophytes, raise your eyes towards the large wooden placard that hangs over the entrance there. The quote written there, too, was penned by him. He who has not been at a tavern knows not what a paradise it is. O holy tavern, O miraculous tavern. Holy because no carking cares are there, nor weariness, nor pain. And miraculous because of the spits, which themselves turn round and round. But anyway, let us return to our tale. The negative impact of the accusations was certainly felt by Lady Layla of Kofa, and the angry response of them would soon force the Sultan to act, be they true or not. The allegations brought against her turned her into a hated figure overnight, and the fiery words of the demagogues, each on the payroll of one of her rich rivals, it has to be stressed, soon had large, angry mobs pounding at the gate to her estate. The Sultan of Kofa was renowned for quickly bending to the will of the people, and so, with the likelihood of execution looming over her, she fled into exile, eventually coming to rest in La and smoothly sliding herself into the upper echelons of noble society there. An outsider but one whose queen and still intact commercial clout afforded her every courtesy from the Sultan of Lashik. By all accounts, she was not unhappy in Lashik, but desperately sought a way to return to Kofa without the mob baying for her blood and the Sultan beheading her. In her absence, her estate had been picked over and Buried bodies were said to have been found, and all her slaves and servants had been brutally tortured, yielding nearly 300 confessions to having been witness to the bloody crimes of their mistress. Layla's life was a forfeit if she returned to the city. The solution to this problem, though, presented itself when Jafar walked through the city gates of Lashik, his own star- Visibly rising. And so, onto their meeting, as related in the Arabian poem the Princess and the Sorcerer. From her cradle from Kofa the silver princess had fled, without grief, despair, nor a cry. She left lest the sultan's axe take her head, instead to exile under the sheikh's fair sky. Here they adored her, soft and low, and called her worthy to be one of their own. The fairest lady and the noblest foe, hair spun silver and skin, White bone, and in comfort she waited, a perfect rose in the wuther, scrying the skeins of fate home, whilst a hundred suitors fought each against other, but with none did she allow herself to be alone. But then came Jafar unto her hiding place, by her soldiers. "'neither fearful nor cowed. "'He cracked her black enameled armour and face-plates, "'and they parted, their spiked helms low-bowed. "'Away came her mask silver, cold stern, "'and lightly to the sorcerer she stepped. "'Uncoiled her crimson headscarf, turn after turn, "'her beauty beyond such scene, he wept. "'Such a flower I have never beheld in my many years.' Tell your wish, it will become my decree. And like an atlan tempest, then came her tears. Kofa, fair Kofa, I will rule for thee. Of course, the poetic license here is writ large. In actuality, there was much toing and froing, with gifts, promises, and negotiation. But the result was the same. In the name of his ally, Lady Layla, the Silver Princess of Kofa, descendant of the Golden King and rightful heir of the city of Spice, Jafar would make preparations to rally his armies and resources for the march north and to take control of Kofa, the second of the three cities that form the Sultanate of Arabi, alongside Lashik and Al-Hayik. In this way, for there was not a selfless bone in the man's body, Jafar was actually laying his own golden path to power with the very best of cobbles. But know this too, the silver princess was happy to ride on his coattails as he forged this destiny. But now he had access to one of the most powerful navies in the world, there was one more resource he first needed to secure. Ach! And what was that then? Well, he needed the power of the sorcerers, in particular their mastery of the fine carpets of the four sorcerers' islands off the coast of the land of assassins, across the shark straits. With these added to his forces, he would be unstoppable. Ach! What a crafty fella. Yeah, yeah, surely no one could hope to oppose such a man and emerge victorious. Truly, it seems he was uh, fated to take Araby. Ach, poppycock. Jafar was a dastardly and nefarious devil, but I'll give him this. All he did, all he achieved, and all he lost was by his own hand. Not by the whims of some otherworldly force, some fate. Indeed, rightly said. Mark the Master Alchemist's words, Neophytes, and remember this. There is no fate but what we make.